this year. Wow. Um, happy New Year, everybody. Um, you know, it, it's, it's funny, I mean, I, and I shared this on the prayer line this morning, but, you know, people often, Pastor Coxon, will come to me and they will say, um, yeah, I mean, the people at Glenville, they treat you okay? Mm-hmm. Um, is everything all right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of asking me in a tone like I should be expecting uh, to be mistreated here. Or I should, I should expect to have a lot of drama or expect to have a lot of opposition is really what they're getting at. And even members of this church, they always test me, hey, is everything all right? You know, you and your family good? You know, like we might be, uh, you know, looking for the next plane out of here or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But I want to tell you, man, uh, being at Glenville has been a joy. Mm-hmm. It has been a joy. Um, I have pastored churches that are trouble churches. Amen. I mean, I had three before I got here mm-hmm. and I had three at one time. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that, you know, especially this past year, Pastor Cox, I mean, you, and we're talking about what God has been dealing with me in secret. Man, this past year for me personally was one of the worst years of my life. Mm-hmm. Personally. Mm-hmm. What I have personally gone through as a man, as a son, um, as a brother, mm-hmm. the things in my personal life with my family, things that I've had to endure, um, I have gone through hell. Some things I've shared, a lot I have not. And it's just amazing in this hellish year that I've had from a personal standpoint, my, my, my place of solace, uh, the place that gave me distraction mm-hmm. from all the stuff that I've been dealing with has been Glenville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, <laughs> I've enjoyed, I've enjoy, I enjoy coming here. I mean, I have pastor churches where I've walked in the door. My wife can tell you. And I'm, at one time, man, they had to... There was, there was a time that I had my heart tested, and they said I had a heart of a 50-year-old man hmm. just because of the amount of stress that would come in and out of me oh. simply by going to this particular church because mm-hmm. of the, just some of the issues that we were dealing with there. When I come here, man, I just feel good, mm-hmm. and I believe, I believe, I really believe that one of the reasons why God has allowed me to suffer the way I have suffered this past year personally, mm-hmm. personally, mm-hmm. is because he wants me to, he does not want me to give up on the dream mm-hmm. that he has put inside of me Amen. before I got to Glenville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Glenville just happens to be where I am right now. And it just happens to be a place where God has synced, he has synced, mm-hmm. S-Y-N-C-E-D. Mm-hmm. He has synced the vision of a pastor with his congregation. Mm-hmm. It's like hand in glove. I mean, when I got here and listened to the language of the people talking about ministry and talking about wanting to change lives and talking about wanting to see sons and daughters come back, understand I grew up in a home where I'm the only biological child. Mm-hmm. And I'm the only biological child. I have four other brothers and sisters, and my home was basically a social services mm-hmm. center. My parents had people living with, we, and we counted, Pastor, we had over 50 people that have lived with us. In my teenage years, my, my parents wow. would bring people off the streets. Wow. And so from a child pastor, and I get really passionate about now, from a child, God has always put a hunger in me mm-hmm. to see lives changed, mm-hmm. to see people transformed. That's what gets me going. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could, put a, you could put money in my bank account, and I may get excited, but when I see people's lives go from A to Z, that's what gets me going because that's what I live. And to be in an area, in a church, where we can do this, mm-hmm. On a grand scale, in a suffering city, mm-hmm. in a depressed city, to me, this is the perfect place. Yeah. And it's the perfect time for the dream to come true. Very good, very good. Amen, amen. 
So it's, it's obvious that God has put a, a vision in your heart. The word of God says that without a vision, the people perish. You know, but sometimes... It's like fire shut up in my bones. <laughs> you're excited about it, <laughs> yes, definitely. Yes, I am, yes. So we have a lot of leaders out there who have, you know, a whole lot of visions. They have a whole lot of dreams. But the fact of the matter is, if truth be told, a whole lot of visions and dreams do not come to pass. But I know you, and you shared some of this with me. You right now, through the word of God, what God has been telling you, you have a foolproof method for us to accomplish the vision that God has given you. And I just want you to take your time. You don't have to rush. I know that God has given you examples through scripture as well as outside of scripture, a foolproof plan that we are guaranteed success if we follow what you're about to say. Yeah, the Bible says this, and I, I want to turn your attention to the screen. There's something, some examples I want to show you as a congregation. Let me tell you what God has done to me this year, con- uh, saints of God. Can I just talk to you this morning? I just, what God... Because I have personally, and I'm getting emotional now, he's not talking about, because I have personally suffered um, my, my family and the things, because of what I have personally gone through, it makes me angry at the devil. I want to kill him. I want to destroy everything that is connected with him. And when I see him destroying the lives of people as I walk up and down the streets of Cleveland. and I mean, it, it, it creates in me a hatred for him. And I want to do everything I can. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I don't, my greatest fear is that I'm misunderstood. I mean, I, my number one desire really, because I've seen God do it in my life, I've seen him do it in my home. Thank you. Ah, I, I, I just, I, I just think the Bible's number one objective for us in these last days, and, and I don't, please don't mistake my passion for anger, but man, the church is not a building. That's right. And I think one of the most dangerous doctrines, Pastor Coxham, that has slipped into the church is somehow that these buildings are holy and that these buildings are where all the action is to take place when the word of God does not teach that. And so this year, God has, God has simply put in my spirit to share with the church that our focus this year is that the church has left the building. That it is now time. And, and for me, I don't know about you, I, I'm, I'm trying to use polished language, but I am so angry with the devil. I, I mean, I want revenge on him. For tearing up my family. You know, seeing my mom and dad for 36 years save thousands. I mean, I mean, this is not an exaggeration. And then for the enemy to come in the way he has, and not just with my parents. I mean, there's, I mean, this year has been hell. And that creates in me, and it's not personal. I mean, I don't know you well enough. I've only been here four years. Say it takes an average pastor five years to know his congregation. I don't know you well. It's not personal. But if you are in the way of, pe- of people coming to Jesus Christ, then we will have problems. Because he has, so, he has so destroyed my life and the lives of those that I love that I have one mission. And my mission is to tear his kingdom down. Can the church say amen? <laughs> so... You know, a lot of times when you, when you share a vision with people, they don't see what you see. And so I expect for people not to see it. 
The problem that I have with us as the body of Christ in 2014, those of us who claim to be the remnant church, who are looking forward to the second return of Jesus Christ, who know the word of God and the prophecies, I don't expect you to see it, but I expect you to believe that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond. What we, I believe that. And then through books like The Circle Maker and other things that you and I have personally experienced, I mean, just your presence being here. I prayed. I said, God, send. Oh, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. God, send, send me a Jonathan. Send me a Joshua that we might do battle together. Dude, I'm sorry, man. I, I mean, that God, <laughs> and that God sent you, man. It's just, you know, I know that God is going to bring this to pass. I've seen it, and I know he's going to do it. And so, you know, so I struggle with the lack of belief that is in God's people. That's what I said. I mean, that bothers me more than somebody falling into sin. Above all things, it's like, how can you not believe that God is able to do what he said he can do? So, I mean, for example, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm like a, I, 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 love, I love inventions and I love studying successful people and achievements. And if you ever want to get me something, uh, you know, for my birthday, I mean, I like books. That's it. I just want to read and read and read and read and read. And so, you know, there are several landmark achievements that have happened in our world, Pastor Coxum, without God. Most of the things that we get excited about have happened and the people that made these things happen, like the devices that we have in our hands, the, I mean, the heating and cooling systems that are, that are based on quantum physics and thermal and thermodynamics. I mean, people invented these things. They don't even believe in God. I mean, right here is the space station, as you can see on your screen. And, and this space station, uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a marvel. Let me, let me just read a little bit to you. It says, it says, the International Space Station cost $100 billion to build. And it involved 100,000 people in 15 nations. It also ranks as one of the more unusual construction sites. Listen, located... 220 miles above Earth. That's, a, that's an unusual construction site. All right? It says, the hazards faced by those carrying out maintenance go far beyond a falling hammer or nail or injury. One puncture, one tiny puncture in the suit that they use to build this is sudden death. But yet, without God, the human spirit is able to accomplish this. That's without God. I got another example. I was blown away by the trans, some of you, the Trans-Siberian Railroad in Russia. I didn't even know about this. Now check this out. Let me blow your minds. The Trans-Siberian Railroad connects Moscow and Eastern Russia with Japan, China, and Mongolia. So there are a couple continents there. Northern Siberia isn't the easiest landscape to cross, which is what makes the uh, 5,000-mile railway impressive. Engineers had to design a railway that was capable of operating in temperatures of, 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 below, of, below, of, of below 20 degrees Celsius. The railway, watch this guys, travels through eight time zones, 87 towns and cities, and crosses 16 major rivers. 
uh, et cetera, and it tells where. 90,000 people. How many did I say, everybody? 90,000 people helped construct the railway, which took 10 years to build. Now, that's pretty impressive, isn't it? But can I tell you how they did it? They did it with picks, wheelbarrows, and shovels in 1904. No power tools. And I'm saying, they, God did not do this. The human will did this. Can I give you one more example? Now, I'm blown away by Dubai. Anybody ever heard of Dubai? I, I can't, I want to visit there so bad. But I'm blown, has anybody ever been to Dubai in here? Anybody ever been to, my brother, I mean, come on, you already know. It's crazy. Well, what you're looking at right here is an island. But it's a man-made island. It's called the Palm. They actually dragged or dug out sand from other parts of the ocean and make, listen, they didn't, they didn't take an existing island. They made an island. Somebody had a dream and said, let's build an island. And so what did they do? They built an island. Also in Dubai, they got like the tallest building in the world. Dubai is constantly breaking the norms. And this is the point I'm simply trying to make is that people, hear me everybody, Pastor Coxham, they are, they're doing these things. And they're not believers. Most of them don't even believe in Jesus Christ. They're not people of faith. They're not people of the word. They're simply doing this based on the brain God gave them and the human will that if I see something, I'm going to do it. Wow. 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 <laughs> wow. Look at the text right here in Genesis 11. Look what the word of God says here. This is the text that I believe undergirded everything that you're about to go into and what you're about to tell us right now. Now, the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens. So that we may make a name for ourselves. For who? Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower and the people, what the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come. Let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. So understand what this text is saying, and Pastor, you can explain it further for us. There's people towards the beginning of time, they've come together. And they said, listen, we are going to build a tower that reaches to the heavens. So they get together. They grab bricks and mortar and tar. They get their hammers or their primitive tools, whatever they were at that time, and they begin to build. God is watching them do this. <laughs> then God speaks up one day from heaven and says, if they can do this without me, there is no end to what they could accomplish. 
Let us go down, confound them. God confounds their language, makes them all speak Chinese and Japanese and all these other uh, different languages so they cannot understand each other. So the brother at the top of the tower can't tell the brother at the bottom of the tower what kind of tool he needs. They cannot get it together. They don't understand the plans of what's going on. God says, if I continue to let them do this on their own, they could accomplish things that I never wanted them to do. Yeah, and, 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 and thank you for setting that up. Basically, what I get from this text... Mm-hmm is that this endeavor that they were trying to accomplish without God. As a matter of fact, if you read carefully, it was in defiance of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there was no God involved. This was in opposition to God. They said, look, if there's another flood, we're going to be able to circumvent this flood mm-hmm. by building a tower that reaches to the heavens mm-hmm. so that if the flood comes, mm-hmm. then we will be able to run for safety so that not even God himself can stop us. Wow. Now, here's what blows my mind. Wrap your mind around this, beloved. They were so successful in trying to accomplish this that God. (laughs) Dude, I'm shaken by this. That God was like, okay, if we continue to let them do this, they're going to reach Mm -hmm. their goal. Mm -hmm. So we have got to stop them Mm -hmm. from doing this. The implication for me there is very clear. I mean, I I start shouting when I read it. it. I said, man, if they can do that without God, Mm -hmm. somebody needs to hear this right now. Because we are afraid. That's I know me. We are afraid to do anything that we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. Because we have limited God to our small little experience. And we said, if God has only done a $2 blessing for me, I can't see him do a $2 million because he hasn't done that in my life. But faith is not about what you can see. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. That's right. That's right. So listen, man, you know me. I'm getting geeked as I'm reading this. I'm saying if God had to stop them because they were doing something that was in opposition to them, but they were about to succeed. Mm Just imagine Mm -hmm. if we actually did something, dreamed big, and it was in the will of God. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then we could not be stopped. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Matter of fact, God would not even, God would join us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So, so the sequel to this. So if you, if you go down several thousand years. This same thing is played out in the book of Acts. Yeah, yeah. Read, read that text for me, Pastor. The same thing is played out. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Yeah. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues yes. as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. And so God has a sense of humor. So what God is doing is, and, those, and you understand this, especially as a theologian, the same language that was used with the Tower of Babel is being used here in the book of Acts. They're, they're called illusions. So any Hebrew that's reading this would say, oh, God is trying to make a point about what they did with the Tower of Babel. And this time what he's saying is this. I had 12 people, 11 now because they lost one, 
who were in an upper room, but they made up their minds together that, together, <laughs> that they were going to go forward for something that they had not seen. <laughs> they were going to change the world. And we all know that, that 12 people changed the world without cell phones, without email, without electricity in 20 years. <laughs> the gospel went to the entire world on foot in 20 years. Wow. Because they believed, and this is why they were able to accomplish it. They said, we're not going to be like the people of Babel. Because they tried to do something in opposition to God. They said, why not join God in his mission? And believe God for big things. And we believe if we join God in his mission, then he will send his spirit to us to cause our mission not to fail. And this is the problem with the church. Steve Jobs... The Google guys, the inventors, the Beyonce's, the Jay-Z's, all of these people, the Oprah Winfrey's, they believe more in what they are trying to do than the church believes in what it's trying to do. The difference between both of us, some say, would say is success. But the thing is, we've got God. If we really believe that he is who he says he was and that he can do what he says he can do, the church ought to be more successful than Oprah. The church ought to be more successful than Warren Buffett. The church ought to be more successful than Jay-Z. The church ought to be more successful than the owner of the Browns and the owner. We, because the difference between us and them is we've got a mission and we've got God. Wow. Last thing I want to say is this. It's funny because as the movement began to explode, this, this little rinky-dink movement, as the gospel began to spread like wildfire, some of the people in the church tried to stop it. And then Gamaliel rose up and said, let me tell you something. If God is in this thing, woo, if God is in this, he said, there's nothing that you can do to stop this thing. And that is the mindset that we as a people ought to take for our lives. Personally, we ought to take this mindset for ourselves as the church. That if God be for us, then a four, a four million dollar building, five million, whatever it is. Are you telling me that with the God we serve, that's too expensive? I mean, we need, we need to pause and pray about that. No, we don't, Pastor, because you know why? Because this is God's will. Because God's will has already been spoken. His will is for us to reach as many people as possible. And whatever we've got to do, hear me now, whatever we've got to do, we've got to have that Malcolm X kind of mentality by any means necessary. Whatever we've got to do to reach our community, we have got to do If We've got to make changes in what we've been doing, then so be it because we have died so that people might live. Amen. Pastor, you, you put in here a quote uh, from uh, Sister White. Now I'm going to read to them now, and maybe if you want to explain a little more, you can. She says, all who consecrate soul, body, and spirit to God will be constantly receiving a new endowment of physical and mental power. The inexhaustible, the inexhaustible, the what? Inexhaustible. Supplies of heaven are at their command. <laughs> Christ gives them the breath of his own spirit, the life of his own life. The Holy Spirit puts forth its highest energies to work in heart and mind. The grace of God enlarges and multiplies their faculties, and every 
perfection of the divine nature comes to their assistance in the work of saving souls. Through cooperation with Christ, they are complete in him. And in their human weakness, they are enabled to do the deeds of omnipotence. That last line there. Mm -hmm. I'm shook by that. Mm -hmm. I I don't miss words. Mm -hmm. I'm shook by that. If we cooperate with God, it says we will be enabled or we will have the ability to do the deeds of omnipotence. Omnipotence is just a big word that says we will have unlimited power. How come nobody ain't excited about that? See, man, listen. When, when you want to see lives change, and, and for those of you, some of you struggle, there are people in your families that you want, you want to see them delivered, you want to see them set free, you want to see them come to God, and sometimes we fail for fear, or we give up because we don't think it'll ever happen, but if we cooperate with God, he says we will have unlimited power, we will have the deeds of omnipotence, which is to say that, see, God ain't coming down here, what he's going to do is he's going to come in here. And I will have the, di- the power. Oh, Lord God. Oh, my God. The, the sa- there will be no limit to divine power given to those that he can trust. It, and I, don't, I think I put this in, but I read another statement by your girl. Your girl says this. She says, the spirit of God is not going to fall upon churches that are not working. See, many of us are praying, saying, I want the Holy Spirit. I want the Holy Spirit. And we're waiting on him. The waiting time is over. His spirit has already been given, but the spirit will fall on those he can trust. And she says, one of the reasons why the spirit has not fallen on the church is because the church is too busy having church instead of being the church. And that God's spirit is going to fall on working people. The reason why we've not experienced the outpouring of God is because we still sitting on our behinds and we ain't doing nothing. What a word. What a, listen, uh, <laughs> mercy God. Um, <laughs> the deeds I, of omnipotence. <laughs> I'm shook uh, on that right there. Pastor, I've heard so many times before, and just tell me if you agree, that the thing that God honors the most is not ability, but availability. In other words, God does not need us to have any gifts or any talents or any skills per se. If we are one with God, we are in the majority against the world. Yes. Would you agree with that? Oh, no doubt about yeah. it. No yeah. doubt about it. You know, it's funny. They say that the early church, you know, in the book of Acts, it says that they depended, it said 95% of what they did, they depended upon the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It said, but the modern church, 95% of what we do, we don't even need the Spirit of God for. Help us, God. I mean, we don't need the Spirit of God to stay here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't need to believe God to just keep doing what we've been doing. We don't, what do you need to believe God for? We, if the scripture says, if it is not of faith, it is sin. If churches are not believing God, the Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Everything we ought to be doing as a church ought to be believing God to do impossible things because that's the only thing that pleases him. Amen. That, that, that's on the macro level, everything that you're saying right now and how God works through his visionary leaders and how God empowers his people. But now bring us down to the micro level yes. right here where we are, 737 East 105th Street in Glenville, Ohio, uh, right here at Glenville. What has God put in your spirit for this church specifically this year that he wants us to accomplish? What's the mission statement? And I'll say preface it by saying this. I remember uh, in the office so many times this year... Uh, 
this past year, we were praying and talking with God and deciding what our mission statement would be. We came up with something and then we skirted over it. We started saying, no, that's not it. Started talking about other things and other things. And we just, you know, racked our brains over and over again. But God brought us full circle right back here to what our mission statement is right now. Just take a few moments and explain that to us. Yeah, our our mission statement. Now, let me say this. We wanted it to be so portable and memorable that a child, my son Camden, would know what it is. Mm -hmm. And we wanted it also to express the process by which, so when somebody walks into Glenville, we want them to know what is expected of them, Mm -hmm. what the destination is. See, in modern church, the expectation for people is just to show up and pay up. That's it. As a matter of fact, you're considered a backslider if you have not come to church. But let me ask you a question. If the church is not a building, then how am I a backslider because I wasn't here on Saturday morning? Mm -hmm. If I'm connected with you, Mm And that's the issue. Mm-hmm. We have lost connection with people. Mm-hmm. Not the, <laughs> We have lost connection with people, and now we're calling backside. My point is simply this, that our mission statement, the destination for every person here, mm-hmm. before we get to heaven, is that we, be, that we make disciples. Mm-hmm. That is a command from the Bible. That is not for preachers. That is not for musicians. That is not for evangelists. Every person that breathes, they've got one responsibility before they die that they have to answer for. He says, if you are a believer, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. Mm -hmm. So we said, how can we take that biblical command and make it so people can understand? So we decided to call it Ready, Set, Go. Mm -hmm. Ready, Set, Go. Ready, Set, Go. Okay, so... Ready, set, go. Commitment to the mission is basically what we've kind of undergirded this by. So take a few moments. Well, I'll set it up for you. How about that? Mm -hmm. We said ready represents our worship services. That's right. In other words, we come into this building, and this is the primary way by which people join the church. That's right. A sermon is preached, and an appeal is made. People come down the aisle. They say, Pastor Edmonds, Pastor Coxon, I want to give my life to Christ. We receive them, give them Bible studies, pray, baptize them, and we try to infiltrate them into the church and grow them spiritually the best this way we This is the evangelistic how. meeting. Exactly. Every Sabbath. Every Sabbath yeah. is an evangelistic meeting. Yeah, every right. single Sabbath. So we believe that we are ready through worship. Now, the congregation kind of knows what our mission is statement is. They kind of know ready, set, go. But I want you to make this uh, tangible and real right now through real life experiences. This is a brother right here who has come to our church. Mm -hmm. Just take a moment and share his story so that the people realize why we are saying ready for worship has to be a part of our mission statement. The the philosophical shift that we made here as a church is that Sabbath worship Mm -hmm. will not be done to appease members. We're not going to go through this thing of trying to make sure the old are okay and the young people have what they have. We said, if we are going to follow the Bible, then our worship services need to be evangelistic, which is to say that everything we do here needs to be more concerned not with us, but with them. Mm -hmm. And so we said we have to embrace technology now. We have to put our services online because people, I mean, nowadays, you understand this, we're in a tech age. And the first place people go to to find out about your church, we had a couple come to our church today. Hmm. Uh, where, where's, where's Andre? We had a couple come to our church today off the street. They're from Euclid simply because they watched us on YouTube mm-hmm. and they wanted to know what we were about. And so one of my favorite stories about how God is changing lives through our worship service is uh, Brandon Moore and his wife, Robin, mm-hmm. uh, Pastor, Pastor Coxon. So Brandon's sister, God delivered her from a life of sin. So she... She had been watching our messages, the fight for your life. You guys remember the fight of your life series. She had been watching that. God turned her around that she began to come here 
from Youngstown, Ohio. <laughs> she got married, got turned her life around, and he turned it around in such a powerful way that her brother took note of the change. Her brother is Brandon. Mm-hmm. So she said, Brandon, all I'm asking you to do is go online and look at the messages. Wow. That's when we had that big old ring up here, and some people wonder why we do all that stuff. There's a reason why. Well, Brandon, he said to us that he watched all 12 messages in one night. Wow. He was riveted by what he saw. Mm-hmm. And then a, a few weeks later, he walked into the church. i never forget it. He came in one Sabbath. And then the second week he came, he made his decision to join the church and be baptized. Mm-hmm. Now, that's just the beginning. Mm-hmm. When Brandon came, then his wife came. Where is Brandon? I want, if Brandon is here, Brandon, would you stand? You and your wife, would you stand right now? Oh, come on, bro- come on brothers and sisters. Come on, brothers and sisters. Come on, brothers and sisters. Now, now, Brandon, you and Robin remain standing. Now, when Brandon came, and I'm not sure what the, Brandon, what the order was, then his mother, who had been Adventist, had, you know, had sort of left church, had been in church in years, then his influence brought his mother in. And she was baptized here. We ain't done yet. Then after his mother came in, he was still fired up about what God was doing. And then, and then his cousins, all three of them, they came in and they came in with such a passion. They came on a Wednesday night. And I remember, I want, uh, where's, where's Ebony? Ebony, would you stand? Ebony came with her two sons. And I want her two sons, Arias and, uh, where's the other one? And Russell to stand. I want them to stand. They came on a Wednesday night. All right? Notice what God is doing. And they kept coming. And I didn't know she was married. Uh, and then next thing you know, her husband shows up. He had this stern exterior. He had his dreadlocks. You know, he had his nice shoes on. And I said, who is this guy, Russell? Then Russell comes in. Take your time. They all have joined. Russell has been baptized. The whole family is. Now say, all this has started. Now see, it didn't stop there. Then Ebony said, my brother needs to hear this. And then her brother Greg has come to faith in Jesus Christ as well. Where's Greg? Is Greg here today? No. Greg, Greg may not be here today. I'm excited for Greg because Greg, I mean, Greg has been sober for a year. And Greg also has finished his GED and is planning on going to college. Now, I want to tell you something right now. This is, the, this is what we want our worship services to do. Mm-hmm. We don't want our worship services to appease our members. Yeah. We want our worship services to change yeah. lives. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Let's give them a round of applause. Uh, by the way, by the way, Russell and Ebony now are our Pathfinder leaders. Amen. Amen. Along Amen. with Eve Rudd. Amen. This is what God can do. Amen. Pastor, we're not even near done yet. We ain't done yet. There's another sister here at this church. Um, She is a blessing to the body of Christ. She's working diligently. Uh, Just take a few moments and tell us her story quickly. You never know where people are in their lives. You you never know. You never... Understand, everybody. When people walk through these doors, you don't know what you're dealing with. You don't know. You don't know what God is doing with them. Well, Tamika was a Sabbath keeper already. Yes. Mm-hmm. And she had dated a guy back in the day. Mm-hmm. Am I putting you out there? Who was a Seventh-day Adventist, but he wasn't, but he wasn't worth a dime. Lord have mercy. <laughs> Listen, that's the problem. Uh-huh. Some of us run into contact with people who know our message, but we ain't living that thing. Mm-hmm. 
Well, any years had gone by. Nevertheless, she met Claire Parrish. Claire, where are you? Would you stand? She met Claire Parrish. She asked Claire, where did she go to church? I go to Glenville Seventh-day Adventist. Isn't that ironic that it's that? That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is directing Tamika here. And so he introduces her to Claire. They work on the same job. Claire said, come and visit. She's been here ever since. And now she is the evangelism leader and Bible worker for our church. Wow. Would you stand, Tamika? Would you please stand right now? Would you stand? Come on in here, beloved. Come on in here, beloved. She joined our church. During 40 for family. Wow. Wow. She was not interested in seeing church done as normal. There are a lot of people out there that are tired of traditional church. And when she saw that we were doing ministry, her heart was convicted. And now we benefit more that she's here than anything else. Praise the Lord for you to make it. Praise the Lord. Those, those families, and of course, there are many more, Pastor, and I simply want to affirm you as well. When I first came here, the pastor told me, he said, Pastor Coxum, you make an appeal every Sabbath. Somebody say amen. <laughs> I don't care if you fall flat on your face. Everybody sleep. It don't mean nothing. It's boring. You make an appeal because every Sabbath there could be, you, you never know what somebody's dealing with. You, ne- you have no idea where somebody's heart is, and you're going to miss the opportunity to invite them to Christ if you don't make an appeal. So we believe here at Glenville, if I may, that every Sabbath is another evangelistic experience. We don't, we don't simply go into an evangelistic series and we get ready to win people. We get ready to win people every single Sabbath that we come into the house of God. We come to celebrate him, and then we open up the doors of the church for somebody else to come and give their life to Christ as well. That's why we want our worship services to be excellent. We want people to know that when we come here, we're coming to worship God. The, 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 the word ready simply means that people get ready and open to the power of the Holy Spirit through our worship service. Mm-hmm. And so we want our worship to be of such where people come here and they meet God. Mm-hmm. And this is what God is doing. Let's go. All right. So the next thing we have ready first is ready. Now it's set in fellowship. Mm-hmm. You just simply, you mentioned just a few seconds ago, uh, Sister Claire Parrish. Uh, we praise God for you, sister. We praise God for you. You put your hands together for her one more time. Yes. I, I continually hear stories of people who come into this church and who tell me, you know, the main reason I'm still here is because Claire Parrish calls me from time to time. She tells me that she loves me. Yes. Every time I come in, she's hugging me and she's kissing me and telling me I'm praying for you. And that's just enough to keep me in the church. Amen. Yes. So we believe also that fellowship is an integral part of yes. everything we want to do here uh, at Glenville. It's the next step. Mm-hmm. So what, ha- what should happen biblically is when somebody comes here for worship and they experience the power of God, and I know they will experience the power of God. The next thing that they need, because see, you can't grow spiritually By coming to a worship service. Mm -hmm. What the worship is, is revival. Mm -hmm. Revival is, I'm dead, now my conscience is awakened to what life is. Mm -hmm. But spiritual growth does not take place here. This is simply where you are inspired. But spiritual growth takes place throughout the week in fellowship. And so that's why we say ready through worship and then set in fellowship. So when a member comes here, the expectations are very clear. It's just three things. We want them to worship God, and then we want them to be a part of a family. Amen. 
Okay. A small group family where they can learn to grow. You cannot grow by yourself. You must grow with others. Very good. Yes. So, Pastor, here at this church, we kind of have our own power couple that's doing that, if you will, our own Michelle and our own Obama. Yes. They are doing so much in this church. They are blessing people. They are saving people and forming relationships with them. Uh, tell us a little bit about them. Well, Percy and Melinda Woods uh, are phenomenal. I want to tell you right now, um, I, I never will forget, first of all, Melinda Woods is a, yes. it, I mean, she is just, the, God has given her the gift of raising up ministries. Amen. I think that's the gift of apostleship. Mm-hmm. God has given her the ministry, I mean, and energy mm-hmm. and passion. I mean, it is because of her that we have an addictions ministry here in this church and the Bible workers and so many, the parenting things that we have done. But her and her husband have been committed to growing people through set fellowship. They both teach a Sabbath school class together. They, uh, 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 Melinda leads the recovery group that we have where lives are being delivered from drugs and alcohol and addictions. And I think these are examples in our church of people who are committed to seeing people grow, not just on Sabbath in the worship experience, mm-hmm. but day by day through the word of God. So I want to ask Sister Woods, I don't know if her husband is here, he could be counting money, uh, but I want Sister Woods to stand right now. This is the example. Come on, come on, come on, Sister Woods. Come Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yes. So lest you think we're trying simply to praise ourselves or affirm what we're doing, we want to point you back to the scripture and back to the word of God. Look at what the word of God says in Acts 2 and why we're doing what we're doing. The word says the people, they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of the bread and to prayer. Somebody say amen. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, and all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had in need, and every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, Pastor. Wow. And ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those as who were being saved. Yes. And what this text is showing us is after the big worship service where 3,000 people came to the Lord, mm-hmm. the next thing that had to happen after the ready, people need to be set or established in God in community. Mm-hmm. I found that people, when they leave the church, they don't leave doctrine. Mm-hmm. They leave relationships. Mm-hmm. The thing that holds people in the church is not the truth, mm-hmm. but it's the truth lived out in love. Mm-hmm. And so this is what is missing in Glenville. Yeah. We have the worship services, mm-hmm. but we are lacking the structured, intentional effort to put people in community mm-hmm. so that their faith is made strong. Amen. So let's do it by the numbers, Pastor, and help let's us out here. We have about 300 to four, 350 to 400 people attending any given Sabbath here at the church. That's right. Now, probably on Wednesday night prayer meeting or Bible study, we have maybe hovering around 75 to 80, and we believe that's kind of decreased uh, over the months and over the years. So help us with these numbers. What, do, what does this mean for us? Well, it shows that everybody loves, to, loves the service on Sabbath. <laughs> but when it comes and now, when I got here, mm-hmm. there was 200 people here on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Minimum. As a matter of fact, I remember like my first Wednesday, the balcony was full. Amen. And people for the first three or four months were committed to prayer. Mm-hmm. But as the novelty wore off and they got used to me as pastor and they had done checking me out, we had gone back 
we had reverted back to our ways of simply believing mm-hmm. that if we show up on Sabbath, that is sufficient for us to grow spiritually. Mm-hmm. Now, this is, you and I have talked about this. I've been waiting to do this for some time now. We believe that our members cannot grow spiritually mm-hmm. by simply just by showing up for worship on Sabbath. You can't. No. You can't just come to a service. And, and I've heard you say it over and over again. I don't need the sermon on Sabbath. Mm-hmm. That's right. I mm-hmm. want it. Mm-hmm. Reason I don't need it is because my soul is being nourished day by day. I'm in accountability with relationships with people. Before I make decisions, there are about five people that know what decision I'm going to make because I'm in community. The reason why God delivered me from pornography is because he set me a part of an accountability a group of people that loved me, that hold me to righteousness. Yeah. But most of our members do not have that. Yeah. What they have is simply this number, but that's why... Only about 80 people come to Sabbath school and about 75 people come to prayer meeting. Right. And that's saying that our church is not intentionally growing spiritually. Yeah, and allow me to clarify, Pastor. I mean, I don't need church because I have my own relationship with God. And if you have to come to church in order to get God, then you are not a mature Christian. Somebody say amen. If you have to hear a sermon every week before you have an experience with God, there is something wrong with your Christian experience. I do not need to hear Pastor Edmonds preach in order to have an experience with God. I can open up my Bible at any time in my house, and I can praise and worship him. I've said it so many times, and I'll say it again. If a boulder or meteor from space comes down and destroys the church, there's no more Adventist churches across the world, and God forbid something happens to Pastor Edmonds or the praise team or the music, it does not matter. I still have a relationship with God. And I believe today that's what we're trying to encourage our people to do. So what's your plan for this and how are we going to go about that this year? Well, by the grace of God, we want to take the concept of Sabbath school, Mm -hmm. which in its uh, people don't realize this. Sabbath school has and not just in our church, but in almost all churches Mm -hmm. has become simply where we are indoctrinated Mm -hmm. and where we discuss the Bible. Mm -hmm. But when this was started by Ellen and James White, it had three purposes. Those three purposes were um, the study of the word, fellowship, and mission. It was from those small groups, we call them Sabbath school, but really small groups, that people were supposed to be empowered to go and do ministry, not just sit here and come on and discuss the lesson. Yeah. Well, first of all, we ain't supposed to be discussing the lesson. We're supposed to be discussing the Bible. But what has happened is, is we have become so focused on giving information that we have forgotten that the purpose of Sabbath school and prayer meeting is to empower people to ministry. And so what we are simply doing is we're going to be merging the idea of Sabbath school and prayer meeting into a concept we are calling here at Glenville, Go University. Wow. 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 Go University. And Go University is based on this statement from Ellen White. Why don't you read it? Sure. The formation of small companies as a basis of Christian effort is a plan that has been presented before me by the one who cannot err. If there is a large number in the church, let the members be formed into small companies to work not only for the church members. That's it. Mm -hmm. But let the members be formed into small companies to work not only for the church members, but for unbelievers also. 
mm-hmm. unbelievers also. So Go University has three tenets, Pastor. Number one is fellowship. We want people to form relationships. We don't want to see people just come into the church and they're like ghosts or strangers. Nobody puts a hand on them. Nobody hugs them. Nobody knows their name. They don't have anywhere to eat after church. They don't know anybody. We want that. We want them to have a relationship. Number two, we also want them to have Bible study yes. as well. And then number three, we definitely want them involved in mission. And Pastor, we've said this together before. Our job is a curious one as pastors. It's crazy because our job is to work ourselves out of a job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In other words, we're supposed to teach you so well. And preach to you so well and give you so much God and put so much word in you till it comes a day where you don't actually need us. Yes. (laughs) They don't follow me today. Yes. And you, you want us. You like coming to church and you love being in fellowship. But our job is to work ourselves out of a job so much so that John Coxman and Myron Edmonds eventually become obsolete when it comes to your spiritual experience. That's right. And so uh, based on these three principles, and these are the principles that have been laid by the foundation of our church. But if you'll notice... Uh, prayer meeting and Sabbath school and these things. But basically, we're asking people, come to service on Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Uh, come to whatever meetings if you're on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, come to Wednesday night prayer meeting and also be in Sabbath school. And what is happening in this changing society, it's hard to get people to commit to just showing up to church. Come on, say Let amen. alone showing up four yeah. times a week with the busyness of work and so mm-hmm. forth and so on. And so what we're simply saying is we're only expecting our members to do three things. We want our members to be in worship on Sabbath. We want them to be a part of a community, a small group, go university, and we want them to be, go out and do ministry. Mm-hmm. That's it. Amen. That is the destination of every, every Christian uh, based on the word of God. Yeah, so the three other tenets also this are need-based fellowship groups. Yeah. In other words, they'll have need-based groups or classes that they can attend. So which is to say everybody, some people when they come, they, the Sabbath school quarterly might be for them. Mm-hmm. For other people, they might need a class for couples. Mm-hmm. For other people, like Linda Bozeman, who's been running a class, stand. Would you stand for a minute, Linda Bozeman? I'm going to ask Linda to stand right now. This is, let's give the Lord a praise for Linda. Amen. Linda has been running a class for women on Monday nights, encouraging them to exercise as well as having worship with them. Mm-hmm. That can be Sabbath school. Mm-hmm. That can be a part of Go University. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the people that attend there are not even members of our church. So what we're trying to do is harness the needs. When people come here, Pastor, they come with, from different walks of life and need different things at different times. That's why we have a men's group, a women's group, and various groups to approach people where they are so that they can grow spiritually. Right. Okay. And also, number two, Pastor, Oops. we're going to have three semesters of 12 weeks. How's that going to work? So basically, we're designing this university mm-hmm. around a semester system, just like school. Mm-hmm. There'll be three semesters a year, and those semesters will last for 12 weeks. And starting on next Sabbath, you'll be able to sign up mm-hmm. for your group. Mm-hmm. And we're planning, by the grace of God, to have 15 groups in different areas. And our goal is that we might have over 200 of our members who are currently not in group mm-hmm. to get in group. Because we are declaring today that if you are going to grow as a member of Glenville... Mm-hmm then you not only show up to church on Sabbath, but you must be connected in a group where you're committed to learning and studying and building relationships so that you can uh, grow up into the full measure of a mature Christian in God. So essentially, Go University is just an opportunity for anyone in the audience or any member or non-member for that matter to come in, join a group, get to know a few people that are going through the same things they're going through, and also they can learn whatever they want to learn about God for about 12 weeks. That's right. And then the okay. next semester, they can take another class mm-hmm. and the ne- or another group, or they can do the, the next semester. The goal is, by the end of the year, we want to make well-rounded Christians mm-hmm. who look back and say, I know more now than I knew when I started, and I know more people now wow. than I knew that when I started. Wow. Yes. 
So take a look for Go University next Sabbath. We'll explain that a little bit we'll more. We'll explain that more, yes. So here's the final and last part of our mission statement for this year and for oncoming years. Ready in worship. We're going to be set in fellowship. Well, go is probably the most important part uh, because yes. this is the last commandment that God gave his disciples. Go is our mission, yes. is it not? Yes, So as you know, and I want everybody, don't miss this. God has been trying all our lives to get us to go. That's why you've gone through everything you've gone through. That's why, and I marvel right now, Pastor, as I look over my life's experience and all the stuff that I've been through, I'm now realizing God did all that to custom design my testimony to help somebody else. Mm -hmm. Every Christian that calls himself a Christian who claims to have the Holy Spirit ought to have a hunger to minister to the lost. Mm -hmm. So the destination, uh, you will be considered a good member at Glenville, not if you show up on Sabbath and not if you're just in a group, but if you are actively pursuing through your gifts and talents, reaching the lost. And we have seen this happen. Yes, we have. We have seen this happen. It's so interesting. Through our going this over the past few years and through our community outreach and outreach in general, uh, we've yielded a whole lot of fruit here at this church. God has blessed this church. And there's a young lady right now that we have to to say something more about right now. The the, the congregation has heard her story several times, but maybe some people that are watching online have not. Pastor, take a moment and talk about this wonderful young lady right here. Well, when we started doing 40 for, when we started doing 40 for family, we started doing 40 for family. Um, there was a little angst about this idea of doing a block party mm-hmm. on Sabbath, mm-hmm. but I had known what I had, I had done it before and I knew what God was going to do. Well, long and short of the story, we, the first time you guys remember the first time we did it, we had all those red and white balloons out there and we had the tents up and we were passing out the book bags, but God had a plan. And this thing is about changing lives, is it not? There was a young girl, pregnant and homeless. She saw the balloons. Now, this, now 105 has 31 churches on it between here and Superior. Now, how do you stand out in a community where there's all churches? Nobody's looking and say, oh, they keep Sabbath, I'm going to go there. They want to know, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. So when she saw, when she saw all that was going on, she came, she was blessed. Ashley, by the grace of God, was baptized in this water. We baptized her Mm -hmm. with, with her son Zion in her belly. She was baptized. Mm -hmm. Since then, she has grown tremendously in the Lord. (laughs) She has served in the young adult ministries. Mm -hmm. She has finished with her GED. Mm -hmm. She is studying now to be a police officer. Come on, say amen. Mm Hallelujah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Is, yeah, is Ashley like, here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ashley, will you please stand right now? Come on, stand up, Ashley. Come on, Ashley. Pray and Zion. Oh. <laughs> Come on, beloved. Put your hands together and give the Lord praise. Pastor, yeah. I feel like preaching. I feel a push to preach me. Yeah. And it ain't Willie either. But he helps. <laughs> Let me tell you right now. This, this, that, listen, this is what gets me going. Yes. Ah, we, her life was interrupted. That's what happened. God used this church My Lord. by unusual means mm-hmm. to interrupt a life going nowhere. And that is really what outreach is about. And that's, what, and that's why we are committed to ready, set, 
go, ready, set, go is simply about changing lives. Now, let me just throw this one out here. And and this year, we had Tanya Mm -hmm. and Taylor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Tanya, I I thought, Tanya, would you stand? Tanya came to 40 for family this year. Homeless. Mm-hmm. Homeless. Living out of her car with her 10-year-old daughter. Amen. Came here. Mm-hmm. And Sister Barbara Davis, would you stand? Who is our outreach coordinator? Sister Barbara Davis, with kindness, opened up her heart to her. Uh, uh, Orlean Whitehead and others. Uh, uh, Heather Brissett. Where's Heather? I know Heather Brissett. Heather, will you stand? They helped find her place to live. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Thank you. This is what the go is about. And if we're only here to have worship services and debate the lesson study and then go home and not come to prayer meeting, we are not doing anything to Satan. He is not afraid of us. But see, this, when we are changing lives, yes. this makes him angry. Yeah. And what I tell Satan is, bring it on. Yeah. Because my daddy has got my back. Mm-hmm. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The word of God says no weapon that is formed against me shall be able to prosper. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Have I got anybody in here? (laughs) Hallelujah. Um, Wow. We're not done, though. We're not done. We're, not, we're definitely done. not done. Um, we have so many more stories, but we chose one more, and we had to plug him in here. Uh, we have a young brother that is coming to our church. Um, we love him, despite the fact that he is a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Um, he has shocked us with his wisdom, his vocabulary, his leadership ability that is clearly in him. He is a preacher. We have to say that about him. And his love for the word of God. He is a young adult that is on fire for God. Pastor, share his story with us. It was 40 for family. Mm-hmm. The year that Eric Thomas came. Mm-hmm. This young man, Akil Esdale. Akil, would you please stand right now? Remain standing, my brother. Remain standing. It, it, amazing. Pastor Coxum, we say every time we do these things, God is going to send somebody. Some send somebody. We just yes, don't know who. Yeah. Well, this brother was driving around that Sabbath, and he came to one church mm-hmm. that was a Sabbath-keeping church. But when he saw the building, this is what he told me. He says, "I'm not going in there." <laughs> he then Lord. searched his phone. Mm-hmm. Thank God for the internet. Our church came up with our nice-looking website, and he said, "You know what?" Let me go check them out. It just so happened to be the day that we were outside. He came here, was impressed. Eric Thomas and others were here. He became a part of the family. And if you could hear what God was doing in his life, Mm -hmm. the abandonment by his father, the things that have happened in his life, he has poured his heart out to us. How God, I mean, a gunman walked into his apartment and shot, he was shot and should have died. Someone put a gun to his head, but God brought him here from Atlanta, Georgia, (laughs) via Morehouse University. And now he has been elected as a deacon Mm -hmm. and to serve on the church board of this church. He has preached a powerful message from here. And we celebrate Akil Esdale because this is what God is doing. Put your hands together and give God praise. So, So, Pastor, 
we say all that ready in worship, set in fellowship, and we're going as a part of our mission as well. We believe that we have impetus and instruction from the Bible, the Bible. to go forward with this mission. Many people believe that we should focus on inreach, mm-hmm. not on outreach. That is to say, we ought to maintain what we have here and let other people fend for themselves. If they come, great. If they don't, cool. It doesn't really matter. We believe our focus this year, the reason that we exist is to win people to Christ. Right. And that comes straight from the word of God. Acts chapter 7 says this. However, the Most High does not live in houses made by human hands. I know we got to move past it, but yes, you, yes, you yes, got to yes. take a moment and explain that to us. Well, this is Stephen. Steve, y'all remember Stephen the deacon? Yeah. You know, you know when they stoned Stephen? Hmm. After he said the church is not a building. It was this statement right there that caused the church <laughs> leaders to say, okay, we have heard enough. My Lord. You saying that this church building is not holy anymore mm-hmm. and that people are? Oh, no, no. And the Bible says they stoned him right there on the spot. But what he was uttering was the very thoughts and oracles of God yeah. that, the, that God does not live in a building, but God lives in us. Mm-hmm. The church has to leave the building. Yes, yes. We are the church. We are the church. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says this, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and God's spirit dwells in your midst. All right? So here's the goals that we have right now for this year. Every member using their gifts to reach the lost. Yes. That's every single person, old, young, feeble, whatever. We want you to be involved in helping us reach people for the kingdom of God. Amen? Yes. Number two, also Go University, which is a part of our set-in fellowship. We believe that this is something, this is a novel idea. It's not tried a lot in a lot of black churches. We're going to be honest with that. But we're thinking that this is the way it was done in the book of Acts. And we believe that if we follow God's model, as you started off with, if we join in with what God wants to do, God is going to bless us. So we're trying to go university, and we believe that it's going to be something that's going to be stable. And let me say this, Pastor. If we're expecting, and if we, if we feel commissioned, mm-hmm. that, we, that our job really is not to preach them happy, mm-hmm. but to equip them to do ministry. Yes. If we want every member in this church to operate in their ministry, then we got to train them to do that. <laughs> and that's what Go University is. It is answering the call that if we want people to go, then we got to teach them how. Yes. And that's the purpose of Go University. We want it to be more than just talking and, 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 and dis- debating and discussing the Bible, but actually showing people practically how to use my life to the glory of God to reach souls for the kingdom. Amen. We tell a whole lot of people what, but we don't tell them how. how? Right. We always tell people, go out, save souls and all that kind of stuff. Well, we want to teach you how this year as well. Sister Davis, if you'll just stand one more time, please. Sister Davis. Barbara Davis. Barbara Davis, our outreach coordinator. Here's what we've planned for this year. And you heard the pastor say it a few weeks ago. And let me just expound on it now. Every fourth Sabbath of every month of this year is going to be our Go Sabbath. Go Sabbath. Go Sabbath. In other words, we're not just going to come to church that day. We want you to put in your minds right now on the fourth Sabbath of this month, January, February, March, all the way down to December, we are going to plan some type of outreach that everybody in this congregation can be a part of. It is not enough, we believe, anymore for us to come into the church and sit down and hear sermons and listen to music. We have to go out and be a part of what God is asking us to do. We can hasten the the Lord's coming if we join with him in what he is trying to do. God says the only time he will come is when this gospel message has been preached to the entire world. 
then shall the end come. Well, how do we expect that to happen if we only come and sit down in pews and the pastor and I preach and Willie sing and Sister Michelle plays the piano and that's all we do week after week after week. I'm tired of that. I'm sick of it, to be honest with you. And I believe that we should go out every Sabbath. We're providing you an opportunity. Come with us. We're going to go to the nursing home, to the homeless shelter. We may be right out here in the middle of a blizzard on Sabbath and don't act like you're not used to the snow because most of y'all from Cleveland and we're going to snuggle some shovel uh, somebody's driveway with snow. We're going to help people out. We're going to give away free gas. We're going to give somebody water. We're going to bless people this year because that's what the work of God is really about. Yes, yeah. yes sir. Hey, brother, I think you feel your help coming right now, don't you? <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, there are a few areas yeah. and we want to make, as we close, mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons, Pastor, because we're in Cleveland. Let me just use this as an illustration. And uh, my condolences uh, to the Cleveland Browns uh, for (laughs) what's going on there. But let me just as an illustration. One of the reasons, uh, it was a mistake for the Cleveland Browns to not build a dome. Okay. This is just conversation. Let me tell you why it was a mistake. Mm -hmm. Because they have automatically eliminated themselves to seasonal opportunities to bring things to this community. Mm-hmm. Detroit, Minnesota, mm-hmm. who have similar weather conditions as Cleveland, have all built domes because why? Because they want to be a city that has a Super Bowl. They want to be a city that ha- hosts concerts and so forth and so on. But because we don't have a dome, it limits us. So I kind of liken that unto our church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why we are doing this building a place for grace. The vision is to build a multifaceted, multi-purpose building that can do more than simply have service on Sabbath. Yeah. When you only build a sanctuary, you're simply saying that our mission is to come here and have service. Wow. But when you build a multi-purpose facility, we can do 40 for family yeah. every week mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. We don't have to wait for the summer to come. Mm-hmm. We don't have to wait for the weather to be in our favor. Mm-hmm. See, what we're trying to do is make ourselves as flexible and as portable to ministry so that no matter when we've got to turn up <laughs> for Jesus, for Jesus Christ, <laughs> then we are ready and willing to do it. Mm-hmm. And so there are areas in our church right now, Pastor, mm-hmm. that we need to make a call for right now. Yeah. There are areas of ministry right now where we need volunteers. This is, our, this is all we're done. Yeah. But in the presence of God's spirit. One of the struggles that we have seen in this church has been a lack of commitment. Amen. <laughs> it's not that we're not gifted. Mm-hmm. We're just not committed to what God has given us. Mm-hmm. We got 20% doing 80% and people think they're going to heaven in these conditions. Mm-hmm. We have a few languishing ministries in our church that needs support. That needs people's gifting. And I believe right now, Pastor Coxman, as we've talked about this, and we were somewhat timid about doing this because we didn't know how people were going to respond. But I believe right now that the Holy Ghost is speaking to somebody that they need to commit themselves to being a part of ministry as God has blessed them. (laughs) The spirit is not falling on sitting people, but working people. Here's some areas right now where we need help. Mm -hmm. We need ushers. Amen. Spirit-filled ushers. Amen. Amen. Folk that know, and we've got great committed ushers right now. I want all the ushers that have been holding it down. Yeah, come 
I want all my ushers that have been holding it down. We are a 400-member church, but we got us. We only have a few ushers like we are a 20-member church, but, I, but they've been holding it down. Every usher in this church that has stood by a door for the glory of God, I want our ushers to stand right now. All our ushers, would you please stand? Amen. Come on in here. Remain standing. Remain standing. Brothers and sisters, I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six. We have one sitting. Bless her heart, Sister Annie Brown. Amen. Comes in here on that electric motor machine thingamajingy she got. And she's here at 8 o'clock in the morning on paratransit. And she says to me every Sabbath morning, Pastor, where is everybody? She says, if Jesus were to come at 8 o'clock, they'd miss him because they're not even here. But notice, these are the few committed folk we have. And so many people feel like they're above being an usher. Who do you think you are? The word of God says that, 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 that David said, I was glad just to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. And we need more ushers so that we don't run down the folk we have who will stand by the door in the power of the Holy Spirit and help seat people with the love of Christ. And so right now, as those ushers are standing, as they're standing right now, I believe God's spirit is here. Mm -hmm. There's somebody in this church that needs to be an usher. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask you to stand right now. That you will commit yourself to helping this ministry. God bless you. Anybody else? I'm going to wait on you. God bless you. Somebody else. God bless you, my brother. Praise the Lord. We need more help. don't, Don't sit down. We need folk to stand at this door. God bless you, my brother. We need more. My wife. Praise the Lord. She's got her hand lifted. She's sick, but she crawled her way here today to, 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 to get a blessing. I'm not done yet. Have we got any young folk in here? Look, this, I'm not called right now, and I'm believing God. There are people in here right now. There is a need, and we're asking you to serve. Yeah. Amen. There's a need. God bless you, my brother. Thank you. New members, God bless you, my sister. God bless you, Ordinia. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? Anybody else? Praise the Lord. You may be seated. I'm sure there are more. You may be seated. Let's give them a hand. Amen. And let's praise the Lord for those who are going to be committed to this thing. Yep. Next one. The next ministry that we definitely need help in, Pastor, is the media team or our technology communications department. And, Pastor, we have to say that this ministry is responsible for so many people coming into the church. Yes. We are broadcasting literally around the world. You receive letters and notifications. I receive them as well. People tweeting us and what have you from Aruba, people from uh, St. Kitts and St. Croix. We have people overseas in a country. I think one of the statistics didn't even tell us what the country was. Some small country. We have no idea where it is. But people are receiving the word through our media department. But the fact of the matter is the department is languishing because we do not have a lot of committed people who are willing to join us and help us to work the cameras, to be behind the scenes, people that don't necessarily want to be up front, but they have giftings in this area of technology. We need help in that department, too. Yes, I want, first of all, I want everybody in the media ministry to please stand right now. Everyone who serves in the media ministry, this is probably our largest team. Praise the Lord, our young people, people in the back, everybody. Come on, Rodney, stand up. Everybody, we got a, uh, one of our new members Amen. on the camera, Brother Brother Devon standing. Everyone, 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 please standing. Everyone. Now, understand now, you look at this group and feel like, hey, man, we don't really have a love. Understand now, this is the greatest need that we have because we have the same people serving all the time. We got people here who understand technology. And if you don't, we need help. We need help. By the way, let me just share this with you. This all began from somebody who is no longer with us. Raymond Poole had a vision 
and he laid hands on Marna Boyo. Mm -hmm. Marna has taken this ministry to the next level with her team and her staff, Kevin Cameron and others. They have taken this ministry to the next level where we are right now having over 2,500 to 3,000 people who are watching mm -hmm. our broadcast and lives are being changed. But as we are growing, we're needing more help. Some folk complain, I ain't get my CD. When they going to get my do? Well, listen, I'm going to tell you the, the quickest way you can get your CD or your DVD. Come back here and volunteer. Mm -hmm so that we can get some help to produce this stuff. We're running out of money and we're running out of bodies. And right now, as you are standing, I want to know, are there anybody, is there anybody here today that feels led of God through the Holy Spirit that this is an area of ministry that you can contribute to because we need your help. We need help in the media. Would you please stand? We need help in the media. God bless you, my God brother. You. Anybody else? We need help in the media ministry. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, Brandon. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else feeling a tug from God? I mean, I don't, it ain't the pastor calling you, but if the Holy Spirit is calling you to help us out in this regard. God bless you. God bless you. One of our newest deacons. Praise the Lord. Nazir. Anybody else? Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Mm -hmm. You may be seated. We ain't playing in here today. <laughs> we need help. Yeah. Where are we going next? Praise team. Praise team. A pastor in the Bible, uh, the Levites, or the praise and worship leaders during that time, were just as important as the pastor. Yes. In, in fact, they were considered, you know, to be on par with the priest and the pastors. They were desirous to serve in the temple. And we believe that in this ministry, we need more people, just like we have with the media team, to rotate them out so that our services can be as excellent as they already are right now. The reason why we've chosen these ministries is because these are people who are saying we need help. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, we got the same people, and it's hard. And so, amazingly, there are folk in here that can outsing the folk who stand here singing. Uh -huh. but, they, but they won't make the commitment to help the ministry go to the next level. Mm -hmm. And, and, and we're, it's, it's a blessing because our praise team leader is yeah. a new member of our church. Mm -hmm. Leah has come here. Amen. By way of the same way as Tamika Cammon. They were members of the same church. But she too began to come to our experiences and was convicted, has joined our church, is now the leader of our praise team. And I'm going to ask Leah Etchison if she will please stand right now. Where is Leah? Come on, praise the Lord. One of our new members here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All the praise team members, would you please stand at this time? If you are on the praise team, would you please stand? Now, there, we have folk in our church that can sing to the glory of God. Mm -hmm. But for whatever the reason, have not yielded themselves to this ministry. And what we were saying, now this ain't for everybody. Come on, say amen. Yeah. If you can't sing, glory to God. We not. <laughs> and listen now, you know, listen, on, on American Idol, I'm amazed at American Idol, and I know y'all watch that, so don't act like you. I'm amazed at American Idol how some folk think they can sing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, no, seriously, these folk are serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody told them. Somebody told them. Somebody that they can sing. But listen, I, I'm talking about folk who know they can sing and other folk know you can sing. Yeah. But we need help in our praise team ministry. And all I'm going to say with this is, see Leah Etchington. Leah, would you just wave your hand in the air? If, if you could help us, we need support here. If God has gifted you with the spirit of worship and the ability to sing, we need your help. God bless you. You may be seated. We're not going to call them out right here because we want to make sure we get the right ones. <laughs> Amen. The word. Yes. Yeah, we got to get the right ones. The word says make a joyful noise. Amen. Pathfinders, Pastor. Yeah, yeah. Pathfinders. 
Uh, this is a great ministry. Uh, in our youth department right now, we have somewhat of just a little gap in the 10 to 12 age range where our young people are really not being ministered to intentionally. Sure. We believe that Pathfinders has the ability to do that as well. We just look in the past for just a moment and we realize how great of a ministry Pathfinders was. We had a great drum corps, great Pathfinder leader, great Pathfinder team. Everything was great then. So now we also have a team, a, a couple rather, a married couple who has just come into our church. Ebony Harris, would you please stand? And your husband, Russell, please stand one more time. Fact, Pastor, you didn't ask them. They came to you. Well, yeah, of course. And I'm gonna, I don't want to pause and do something first. Yeah. Because this church has a legacy of pathfindering. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people in this church who have contributed to the success of pathfinders over the years. Mm-hmm. You're the, the Whiteheads and the Grants and others. And I want to take a moment right now. Uh, during a difficult season mm-hmm. of pathfinders, mm-hmm. Sister Gwen Leggett yeah. and LaWanda Tolbert mm-hmm. served... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. During a difficult season mm-hmm. of Pathfinder, mm-hmm. when we as pastors were not as supportive of it yeah. and didn't give as much as we should have, and we acknowledge that from the pulpit today. Yeah. But I want to acknowledge, I want Gwen and Lawanda to stand right now, and I want us to acknowledge, would you stand, ladies? I want us to acknowledge them for, come on, brothers and sisters, put your hands together, for working with our children and hanging during a difficult patch in season. I want you to know we are indebted and thankful to you. You may be seated. There are many of you who are gifted in working with kids, have a passion for this, and now that we are trying to help rebuild this thing as God would have us to, we need the support of people in this church. And I think right now, Pastor, you as youth pastors should call for commitment for people to help and serve in this ministry. Here's the bottom line. Um, our young people are not only the church of tomorrow, they are the church of today. And we need to make sure they're getting as much word as many of us are getting right here sitting in the pew. So here's the thing. If you believe God is calling you to be a part of Pathfinders or God is calling you to minister to our young people in any way, we just want you to stand right now and please be a part. These are new members that have decided to, God bless you, my brother, who have decided to lead out in this very pivotal ministry to make sure that our young people are blessed. If you believe you have giftings in this area or you believe God has called you to this, we want you to stand right now, please. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Thank Praise you so much. Hold on. Hold on. We have others that are seated. Anybody else? Because right, this is it. We need, we, I mean, brothers and sisters, this is, this is the most important area of ministry in our church, mm-hmm. is the training of a new generation. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people see Pathfinders and they're turned off because they don't want to wear a uniform and stuff like that. Okay, so translation. Pathfinders is youth ministry, mm-hmm. as you have said. Mm-hmm. And we need help here. A lot of parents want to drop their kids off and then go. Mm-hmm. But look. When I was in Pathfinders, my mom volunteered. Mm-hmm. She said, if my kids are going to be in it, then I need to be there to help support that makes it good. We have so many people that will criticize why it's not what it should be, yes. but they're not there to help it make it what it could be. That's right. That's right. And I, I don't think that that's everybody, but we need people that are impressed by God's spirit to help us in the area of youth ministry. If God is impressing upon your heart to do something and you may not be doing anything, we want to invite you to stand right now. Oh, we need to pray, saints, because mm-hmm. this is not representative of what God wants to do. But let's go on so we can end this thing. Mm-hmm. Outreach, outreach. Um, 
All throughout this year, we've had numerous opportunities to do outreach as well. But of course, this year, we're going to be even more intentional. We also want to take a look at the Better Living Center and utilize that to its maximum capacity as well. Uh, they do do stuff throughout the year, passing out uh, uh, food items and canned goods to people during the holidays and other things like that. But we need more people to be involved to help Sister Barbara Davis. I'm sorry if you'll stand just one more time, Sister Davis to help Sister Davis plan for this un- oncoming year so that we really can be a going church and not only a coming one. Yeah, bottom line is, if you're interested in outreach, which is going out into the community and meeting the needs of people, we'd like for you to stand. We need your help. Amen. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. Sister Barbara Davis, look like you got you a team here. By the grace of God. Thank you very much. Now, by your standing, that means you're going to remember when we call you. Amen. And don't worry, we know who's standing. <laughs> the Lord knows. All right. <laughs> Here we go. Mm-hmm. Children's ministry, oh, children's ministry. Woo! This is a big deal. Um, I think every third Sabbath or every first and third, we have our children downstairs in the fellowship hall. Salia Ramsey, where is she? Is she here yeah. today? Salia? No, she's, she's not here. Okay. Every she's done a phenomenal job with that. Excellent job. Excellent job. Put our hands together, even for her, even though she's not here. We thank God for her ministry. We also want to bless our young children as well, and she needs more help. We just don't want to show them videos and have little crafts with them. We want to teach our young kids the word of God as well. Amen? So if you believe, if, if you have small children, and you want your small children to be blessed by the ministry of this church, and you believe that you can help out simply because you've got experience raising your own children, we want you to stand and say, listen, I want to be a part of this ministry. I want to help out young children. I want to make sure they're getting what they need downstairs. Brothers and sisters, I will not close this appeal until more people stand. I've got, if, if, if you believe, God, praise God for you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. More, any more, please, please. We need help ministering to our young children. God bless you, my brother. Thank you. And here's the vision. You. We want children. See, now some churches don't remain standing. And that's really our last group. Mm-hmm. Some churches can't wait till vacation Bible school mm-hmm. so they can do something for one week. Yeah. And then they don't do anything for children anymore. Mm-hmm. We want vacation Bible school every Sabbath. Mm-hmm. We, want, we want to have children's church mm-hmm. every Sabbath where mm-hmm. our children can come and learn on their level and to do that massive undertaking.